0: You're listening to audio from New King Church. If you'd like to get our weekly sermons, hit subscribe. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit newkingchurch.com. Good morning. Today we are going to be learning about how the sovereignty of God can give us peace no matter what situation we face in this life. That's where we're headed with all of this, so buckle up. I think it's going to be really good. Welcome. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors of New King Church, and here we are in my living room. Uh, My kids, I have five of them, are running around this house somewhere. They are, some of them, outside. They've been told that they're supposed to stay out there, uh, but there's no guarantee that they will. My wife's brewing some coffee. You may actually hear the coffee maker going in the background. Um, But this is the reality that we're in right now, right? You're probably sitting in your pajamas at home, and that's as ready for church as you got this morning. So (laughs) this is where we are and we're going to make do with it. Um, Is anybody else wondering what life is going to be like in the days ahead? Um, Maybe you're wondering, is this virus going to spread more? Is it going to come back for a second time? Um, Are they going to be able to contain it? Are we going to open up our economy again too soon? Or maybe you're wondering, What's going to happen with the economy? And you're worried about your job or you're worried about your retirement or your career. Um, some of you might be worried about your liberties and you're wondering, like, man, when all this thing is over and we get back to real life, like, are our liberties going to be what they once were? Um, I think on some level, I'm concerned about all these things. Um, you know, it's, I, I think that. Yeah, it's normal to be concerned about all these things. But what we're talking about today, the attribute of God that we're talking about today has the potential to give you such incredible comfort, regardless of what happens with the things that we are concerned about in the future. Uh, Pray with me and we're going to jump right in. Father God, I need you right now. We need you right now. God, we, um, we ask that you would help us open up our hearts to your word. Would you help us to have sight to see who you truly are? God, we, we know that as we get to know who you are better, our lives will be transformed. And so help us to learn today, not just on an intellectual level, but at a heart level. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, So we're talking about the sovereignty of God. Job puts it this way. He says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job 42, verse 2. No purpose can. Of yours can be thwarted. In other words, God is unstoppable. The sovereignty of God means that no matter what happens, no matter what evil actions are done or are put into place by demons or human beings, God will accomplish his purposes. I love this about our God. I love serving a God that is absolutely unstoppable, that cannot lose. Our God is the king of the universe. Have you ever wondered why our church is called New King Church? It's not because God is a new king, but it's because we love this idea of the fact that we once served ourselves, we once served other things, and we are a people who have turned from those things to see and serve the one true King. And so the name New King Church is somewhat of an invitation to all who hear it to, hey, turn away from serving yourself, turn away from serving the things that you've served your whole life, and serve the one true king. The Bible makes it really clear. God is a king. It says in Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom, literally his sovereignty, rules over all. I'm going to be hitting a lot of scripture today. So Um, probably the the best thing for you would be just to jot these down as we hit them. I mean, it's going to be a lot of different things. So maybe you can go back and then study these on your own. 1 Timothy 6.15 says that God is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our God is the King of kings of kings the king of presidents the king of governors the king of all kings i want you to see exactly what it means that god is sovereign this is going to be a an overview of this topic there's no way that we have time to delve too deeply into this today, but I hope it just begins to lay a foundation and open your eyes to this wonderful and glorious truth about our God. Here's what it means that God is sovereign. It means God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1 says, in him We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Our God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Listen, we're going to be looking at some truths in in the word today that I want you to come to this with a heart that says, Oh, Lord, every word of the Bible is true. Every word of it. And so these verses are not just poetry. They're they're not just letters that someone wrote. They're not just lines of, of a hymn. These are absolute truth. And so when the Bible says, that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. It means just that. He works viruses according to the counsel of his will. He works quarantines according to the counsel of his will. He works layoffs according to the counsel of his will, and hurricanes, according to the counsel of his will, and earthquakes, according to the counsel of his will. And you say, what about the evil that's done in the world by wicked men and women? And I would say, look at the cross of Christ where God clearly foreordained, predestined, that his own son would be killed on a tree, killed on a cross for sinners, and how did he accomplish it? It was even through the wicked sins of Judas who betrayed him, of the council of Pharisees who convicted him, of the Romans who crucified him, of the crowd who refused him. God, though he does not ever desire that anyone do evil, can use all evil to accomplish his good and perfect purposes. It means he has complete, unrivaled authority over heaven and earth. First Chronicles 29 11 and 12 says this Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory. And the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength. To all. This is our God. This is what His sovereignty means. He has authority over everything. Heaven and earth is His. His kingdom is everywhere. He rules over all. Matthew 28 18, Jesus said that all authority in heaven and earth had been given to Him. Upon His resurrection from the dead, He declared, all authority, every ounce of it. Literally, there is no sliver of heaven or earth that Jesus does not command. There's no way to overrule him. There's no reversal of what he purposes to accomplish. The risen Christ has all authority, and therefore he cannot be stopped. He cannot be thwarted like Job said. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I would define sovereignty. His sovereignty is this that God has infinite power plus infinite authority and that gives him absolute freedom to do as he pleases so our definition for the sovereignty of God is that God has infinite power plus infinite authority which equals absolute freedom to do all that he pleases Psalm 135 and verse 6 says this, Whatever the Lord does, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth. Whatever he pleases, he does. That's what it means to have infinite power. That's what it means to be absolutely sovereign. He is absolutely free to do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants, For all time. And no one and no thing can inhibit him. He is unstoppable. So I hope, just as you're hearing this, that awe, awe is rising up in you. That is right response. Let's continue that. Let's consider for just a minute God's sovereignty over creation. That verse that I just read, Psalm 135. Um, it continues on this way. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and in all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. He's sovereign over all of creation in Matthew 8, we see that Jesus is sovereign over all of his creation. Matthew 8, 26 and 27, it says that Jesus rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? You know, it's almost Easier to think about animals obeying him because they have a mind and and they have ears to hear a command. But how is it that this God can command the wind, which seems to have its own will, right? It seems to just go wherever it wants to go or waves. How is it? But we see that he does. He has control. He has sovereignty over the elements. Hebrews 1 3 says, Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's upholding this universe, keeping it together, holding the molecules in place. It's incredible, his sovereignty over creation. Now, I want us just for a minute to ponder his sovereignty over human history and all future events. In Daniel 4:35 it says he does God does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him what have you done. None can stay his hand. None can question his works. Psalm 33, 10 and 11 says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. It doesn't matter what the nations plot or plan. It doesn't matter what presidents or governors or world rulers or diplomats plot or plan. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing in the end. It will all work out for his good purposes. Isaiah 46, 9-10 through 10 says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. He is sovereign over all that occurs in human history We have no reason to fear the future because he will work all things to accomplish his purposes now i want to connect the dots here about how god's sovereignty comforts us in difficulties remember i said earlier that i find myself and you may find yourself wondering what our lives are going to be like in the days ahead post-coronavirus, wondering will the virus continue to come back or will it spread again or what's going to happen to our economy or, you know, will we ever get our liberties back the way that we once had them? I wonder the future of the church and how all of this is going to affect the church. But here's why the sovereignty of God is so comforting to me right now and why I believe it will be so comforting to you. What we've just read in the Bible clearly tells us that no matter what happens in the future with the virus or in regards to politics or economics or health or wars or our jobs or the weather, God's purposes will be accomplished. None can stay his hand. He will bring the counsel of the nations to nothing. He does whatever he pleases. All authority in heaven and on earth, is his. And he is the one who is upholding the universe by the word of his power. And here's where my comfort is truly found. This unstoppable, absolutely free to do what he wants God makes Christians this incredible promise Romans eight twenty eight. Listen to this. He says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Let me read that again. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Listen, if you believe in the absolute infallibility of Scripture, that every single word is God-breathed, that there are no mistakes, no exaggerations, no overstatements in all of Scripture, then this verse has the potential to absolutely change your life. Listen, here's the connection. God's sovereignty gives us un wavering confidence in this promise. This is what I know. Because God is sovereign, He can actually pull this off. He will pull it off because He said He would do it and nothing can stop Him. Let's examine this promise just a little closer. Who is it for? It says, And we know that for those who love God. The promise is for those who love God. It's a promise for believers. You can't love God unless you've been given a new heart by God. And we know that everyone who's truly a Christian loves God. That's who the promise is for. God doesn't promise this to everyone. This is only for those who are truly his children, If you don't love God, I hope that this message will be used by him to open your eyes, that you'll see that he is a good God. He is a powerful God. He's the one who is in control and the one who has all the authority. And he's the only God. And that you'll turn to him. That he'll give you a new heart and you'll love him. So this is a promise for those that love him. And it says he works this, he works all things together. Which things does he work together? All things. Literally everything that happens in your life. Even the stuff we'd rather not experience, and especially the stuff we'd rather not experience, he is using to turn for good in our lives. So that means quarantines and sickness, and aging, and the loss of loved ones, and job loss, and prodigal children, and betrayals, and spilled coffee, and accidental pregnancy, and failed tests, and car wrecks, and flat tires, and pulled muscles, and emotions, and sleepless nights, and on, and on, and on we could go. All these things as well as all the wonderful things that we love about our lives, they're all working together for our good. Not separately, but together. The way that a garden needs both the cool spring days and the hot summer days, and it needs those gray, rainy days as much as those bright and sunny days. And a garden needs the Worms that are moving around in the soil and the nutrients that are in the soil and it needs someone to come and to pull the weeds and also to prune the dead branches and all of these things, some painful and some not so painful, are all being used together in order that the garden can bear fruit. So it's all for our good. What does that mean? The next verse tells us. Romans 8, 29, the very next verse says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. I want you to hear this. God, Christian, is using all things together for your good. And What that means is not that he's using all things together for your ease in this life. It doesn't mean he's using all things together for your success in your career. It doesn't mean that he's using all things together for your um, happy weekends or your prosperity or your health. It means he's using all things together for your greatest good, conformity to Jesus. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's the very next verse. And so when it says that he's using all these things, that he works all things together for our good, it's this good. It's our eternal good. It's the greatest good that he could possibly give us. And if your reaction to that is, oh, that's really not the good I want. Well, then I would say you need to do some soul searching. Because listen, for all true believers, this is our deepest and greatest desire. That we would be more like Jesus. So, He will work it all together for our ultimate good, namely that we would be conformed into the image of his son. So no matter what happens with the coronavirus or the quarantine or the economy or with our civil liberties or even our very lives, God has all power and all authority. And he is absolutely free to do all that he wishes and nothing can stop him. And so nothing can keep him from keeping this promise to you. That he will work all things out for your ultimate and greatest good. That means that whatever you ask for from him, that he withholds, he only withholds it because he intends to give you something better. <laughs> What an amazing truth. So I want to ask you this. Do you know him? Do you know this God? Do you love him? Do you know how it is that God can be so good to those who love him? How can we be sure that God is for us? Oh, if you keep reading down this passage, Romans says this, speaking to Christians, if God is for us, who can be against us? And here's how we know that God is for us. Listen, verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. How can we be confident that this sovereign God, this all-powerful God will do good for us? Because we see the cross. We look at the cross and we see that if he was willing to give up his own son, then there is absolutely nothing he is not willing to do for us, for our good. Jesus died on the cross in order to take our place, in order to take our punishment for our sins against a good and holy God. He did this so that God could be just because he won't sweep sin under the rug, but also forgiving because once Jesus paid the price, you don't have to pay it. You can be forgiven. Jesus hung on the cross in our place. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he conquered sin and death. And he rose from the grave to offer life to all who would turn from their sins And their rebellion and their rejection of God and their running from God and turn to him and embrace him and say, I want you. I want a new king. And for all who do that, he will embrace you. He will take you in. He will forgive you of your sins, no matter what they are. And he will promise to do good for you no matter what comes our way in the days ahead. Listen, if you believe this message right now, wherever you are, you have the opportunity to turn to him. All you have to do is say, I'm yours, God. I'm done with my sin. I'm done with my rebellion and my running. I'm yours. I believe that Jesus died for me in my place and that he rose from the dead. And if you do that, he will forgive you and he will give you a relationship with himself. So if you want that this morning, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so, don't be ashamed of him. The Bible says if you truly believe in him, you won't be ashamed. You'll be ready to give a public profession of your faith. And so, I want to invite you to let us know that you have turned to Jesus. Give us word of this, like you can reach out to us and direct message us, or you can send us an email at info at newkingchurch.com. Somehow you reach out and you let us know that you today have put your trust in the sovereign king of the universe. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for the comfort of your sovereignty, that no matter what we face in the days ahead, no matter what trials we might have to endure, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will hold us by the hand and say to us, Fear not, for I am with you and I will help you. You have promised in your word, Lord, to work all these things, pandemics and economic collapse and quarantines and isolation and every kind of trial that we can fathom that we might endure in this life, you have promised to use it all together for our good, that we would be conformed more and more into the image of Of your son, and one day when this is all over, we'll see you face to face, and in that moment, we will be transformed to be completely like you. We look forward to that day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.